Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. I hope you all are doing well and hope everyone is staying safe. Welcome back to another week. Very excited for you all to be listening to this podcast. Very excited for my guest today. Before we get into it, just a reminder, you can go to lioncookthoughts.com for the official Lion Cook Nation merchandise. Also, don't forget that we run a blog on that site. And I actually have a uh, new project coming out on lioncookthoughts.com, a new content piece of the blog that I'm very, very excited to share. I will be sharing it within the next week or so, and I'm really, really excited for this. It's kind of been something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Once I share it, I will go more in detail, but have, just keep your eyes open. The, the next blog project, I'm so excited to share with you all. So it, it's been a goal of mine to do with, the, with this page, with this brand, and I'm very excited for you all to see it. Also, if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review. It doesn't need to be a five-star review or a fluffy review. It just needs to be an honest review of what you like, what you didn't like, how I need to get better. Uh, that really helps me, you know, tailor the podcast to my audience that I care about so much. Obviously, that's why I do this. So uh, let me know what you're thinking and I'd love to hear your feedback. My guest today is Diane Jacob. Diane coaches food writers and bloggers on how to get a cookbook published and how to improve the quality and effectiveness of their writing. She specializes in book proposals, which have a 1% acceptance rate. Diane is the author of a multiple award-winning book on food writing, which I have also read. And uh, thank you to Chandra Ram for uh, the recommendation. The book is titled, Will Write for Food? Pursue Your Passion and Bring Home the Dough, Writing Recipes, Cookbooks, Blogs, and More. She co-authored two cookbooks with Chef Craig Prieb and has judged cookbooks for the James Beard Foundation and the International Association of Culinary Professionals. Previously a newspaper, magazine, and publishing company editor-in-chief, she now has a blog and a free newsletter aimed at food writers and bloggers. You can see more in the link in the introduction or the, I would guess you would say, notes of this podcast. So if you go there and you take a look, I will put the link to her website and the link to her newsletter there. So go check it out. Very excited for this conversation. Diane, thank you so much for coming on the show. And the reason I wanted to have Diane on is because, as some of you may know, if you've listened to the show and you've kind of her tidbits of my personal life is I started food writing about a year and a half ago, and I've always wanted to be a writer uh, growing up, but I never really knew how to get into it. And so as we talk in the episode, like my really my introduction into writing was starting the podcast, creating a following, creating a, a community. So then, then I could take that experience of writing copy or talking to people or getting experiences and like building a network to become a writer. And I've been able to write for Plate Magazine, which I've been so grateful for, to, for Washington City Paper, which I've been so grateful for. And I've just been able to do really good work in writing that I've enjoyed and I love. And I continue to do writing to this day. And this book I read a couple months ago, and it really blew me away because even though I'd been writing, it really gave me a lot of great advice. And I think if you've never picked up or if you've never done food writing and you need a starting point, this book, Will Write for Food, Pursue Your Passion, and Bring Home the Dough, Writing Recipes, Cookbooks, Blogs, and More, will help you with that. I really recommend it, and it's the reason why I wanted to have Diane on. She was such a great guest. We talk about how cooks and people in the industry can get into writing, you know, all aspects of getting into food writing, the challenges, the positives, meeting people, her favorite writers, everything in between. It's a wide-ranging conversation. I'm very grateful she came on the show. I hope you all enjoy it. And I hope you get the value that you need to go and pursue food writing or really anything in the food media space because there is so much opportunity out there. And I really love seeing when you all do projects and, you know, go after what you're passionate about. So, Diane, thank you for coming on the show. Everyone else, thank you for listening. And here we go. So we are recording. So welcome to the show. 
if you'd like to start off by introducing yourself, that'd be great. Hi. Okay. My name is Diane Jacob, and I wrote a book called We'll Write for Food, which is about how to become a food writer, all the different ways that you can become a food writer. It's in its fourth edition. I started it in 2005, and a lot of cha- a lot has changed since then. Um, I, the reason I wrote that book is because I was teaching food writing, and I, I couldn't find a resource because um, I have been I, I have a journalism background, and I've been a magazine editor, a newspaper editor, a book editor. I'm also a blogger. I also start a newsletter, and I do social media. So. I think, what did I leave out? Oh, yeah, I've done some freelance writing also and some recipe writing. And I've authored two cookbooks with a chef. So um, I figured, well, those are a lot of things that I can pass on to people about how to do it. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, as someone who's reading the book and who has done some of the exercises and really taken some knowledge from it, I definitely would recommend getting the book. Uh, to start though, I'd love to know, and it's probably a question you're asked a ton, but as a starting point, how you got into writing, uh, I know you, you said you have a journalism background, but was food writing the first piece of writing you started with or kind of how did you maneuver into writing? For food? No, it, it really wasn't. I wanted, I wanted to be an investigative reporter, um, in the Robert Redford, Redford, uh, a realm of uh, all the president's men, which is a very old movie and tells you how old I am. But um, <laughs> uh, I started out becoming uh, the editor of a newspaper section that was kind of like the lifestyle section. Yeah. And um, but then I got recruited to become the editor of a city restaurant magazine in Vancouver, Canada, and. Um, that was a really eye-opening experience for me because I, I grew up not going to restaurants other than Chinatown. We mm-hmm. always went out for Chinese food, but I didn't really know much about any other kind of food. And here <laughs> I had this job. So, but my my job was really to manage the the writers and get the magazine out every month. And I wrote a lot of feature articles myself then and. Um, interviewed some chefs and wrote stories about restaurants and so that was my introduction I think I think I was 22 okay and what uh what what about writing do you like obviously we all growing up have different things that interest us like for myself I know I was interested in like becoming an engineer um even when I was younger I wanted to be a cashier which isn't like a big career choice but you know we all have different <laughs> ideas of what we want to do and we start to get interested in things sure. um but what what was it about writing that really drew you into like really wanting to pursue that like was there a time when you were younger that like like r- very early age that you're like writing and it's like oh this is like something i love or like when did that spark kind of hit you uh my dad was a frustrated artist he um he wrote poetry okay he, he wrote songs, he recorded songs, um, and he really wanted me and my sister to follow in his footsteps. So he used to give us writing assignments on the, that were due on, I think they were due on Sundays, um, and they could be anything that uh, we wanted. Or sometimes we turned in artwork, but um, he was determined that, that we were gonna follow in his footsteps. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's good to know. I mean, it's cool that you kind of, you know, took that path. 
I, I didn't feel like I had, you know, looking back, I don't feel like I had any choice in it, but I'm not, I'm not unhappy about it. My, <laughs> my sister followed in the same path. She, I mean, I went to journalism school. She got a degree in English literature and got a job um, on a city newspaper and uh, wrote a lot of feature articles about artists and uh, the music industry and theater. Okay. Uh, interviewed book authors so yeah yeah we both pretty much did what we were told <laughs> fair enough and you mentioned you kind of got that start where you were starting to interview chefs what is it about food writing specifically that kind of kept you on and drew you in um i didn't it took me a long time to figure it out actually because um I mean, I knew the food that I grew up with, but I didn't really know that much about other kinds of food. And, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and people didn't go to restaurants like they do now. Um, it, that, it was a special occasion to go to a restaurant. And most of the time you ate at home. Yes. Later in life, when I became self-employed and I had to figure out what I was going to do, I thought, well, if I'm going to be an individual contributor... Because I was used to managing teams of writers and, te and different kinds of art artists, and I wasn't used to generating my own work. Um, so once it came down to that as a self-employed person, I thought, well, what subject is it that I want to write about? And I, I settled on food because, not because, you know, I want to write recipes or I love to make pie. It was really more about... It was about my parents. They, um, they're immigrants, and they came to North America um, to a new world, and they didn't know who they were anymore. And so the way that they expressed who they were was, was through food, through their cooking. Um, my father was okay. in charge of uh, making the pickles and making... Uh, labna, which is um, a very thick kind of yogurt cheese, and uh, my mother did mm -hmm. all the cooking and baking, and it was how they it was how they remembered who they were. And where did your parents immigrate China. from? But they weren't right, Chinese. Awesome. Oh, okay. Jews. <laughs> yes, okay. not the usual. <laughs> so. Um, I've, I've written, I wrote an essay about them for Lucky Peach, which isn't around anymore, about how they, you know, they didn't really fit in in Chinatown because they were not Chinese, and then they would go uh, to the Jewish community, to temples, and they didn't really fit in there either because they were, their background was Iraqi, and the background of most Jews in the United States is um, Eastern European. So they had different okay. food, different customs, different prayer ways of praying and um so they were just kind of on their own and so that was cooking was what they they did to express themselves i think it's really cool that you kind of took what they were able to find enjoyment in and kind of pursue that so um and i think writing has that cool uh, ability obviously you know you knowing this probably way more than i do but i feel like if you get an idea or you, you admire something or you look at something and you're like wow that's really cool writing has that ability where you can kind of share why you believe it's cool or you can share a new perspective. And I think that is an awesome tool to kind of use it for. Yeah. Okay. You figured that out. You haven't 
kind of a new, what, a second career for you, right? Or I don't know how many careers you've had. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely something I do more on the side, but um, it's something I've enjoyed. I, you know, like, I guess a little background is me. I've always wanted to write and I don't have any professional writing training. And, I, you know, I do freelance work here and there um, for, and I really enjoy it. Uh, but for me, I just I've always like written as like a kid and as an adult and more so not really published much. But um, I always have enjoyed writing. And it was when I was younger, more creative writing and then older, kind of more like, you know, talking to people in the food industry and whatnot. But um, it's definitely been a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. Terrific. So asking you to come on the show because, you know, as someone who's gotten into writing a little bit, but more so obviously I do the podcast and the social media, a lot of people ask me how to kind of get into food media in a sense. And I think writing is a very approachable way to get in for some people, especially in food. Especially like someone for me, like video is the last thing I wanted to do. Like writing sounded great podcasting sure but like being on camera not the most fun thing for me uh so food writing often comes up like people that follow the page follow the podcast or just friends are like hey like what are your thoughts on food writing like you i mean obviously now that i've been doing content creation i know food writers um that have been able to do well and so yeah i would love to, you know kind of to start the conversation is if you were to talk to someone in the food industry like and they were like, should I be a food writer or should I get into food writing? What would you, what would your honest, uh, you know, answer be to them? Uh, keep your day job. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that's on page three of my book. Um, you know, most, most people who write about food do it for pleasure and they do it part time. And um, for, for most people, traditionally, it hasn't been a way to generate income, much income. And so it's kind of perceived as a hobby for a lot of people. Um, that has changed with the internet uh, because a new generation of young people came along who were entrepreneurial and wanted to do it full time. And you know, we called them food bloggers at first, but they're not really food bloggers. They're really entrepreneurs whose specialty is food writing because they knew how to set up a business online and um, and make a good income. And so now um, when people say that they want to have a food blog, they are looking for how to generate money with it. Um, and it's not it's not just about a hobby and a way of self-expression. Um, but one of the reasons that women have been the main people who are food writers is because it doesn't pay well and is perceived as a hobby and a side job. Because um, if they're in a traditional relationship where their husband works and they maybe work part-time, uh, then they have time to devote themselves to food writing on the side um and so it's it's not until you get to the really high levels of food writing that you find you know men who are doing it full-time and making money hmm. i mean I, you know that kind of tracks with like the food industry in itself uh, just like with wage gaps and opportunities in general so i can definitely you know see that i mean you you could see like how you know low incentive there is in terms of like getting money through food writing um you know in your book and like talking to other people 
but obviously there still is that real issue of um, a gender wage gap um, in obviously food writing, the food industry as well. So, um, but, yeah. you know, as you said, like having it as a hobby and kind of keeping your day job, um, I think a lot of people though, like when they, you know, it's kind of like for me, it doesn't make sense sometimes because I'll have a lot of people in the food world be like, oh, well, they want to do it, but they don't think they'd be good at it. Or they'd be like, well, what, what, why would I be a food writer? Or like, what, what makes me qualified uh, to write about food? And I kind of think that is a little weird sometimes because it's like, because you work, it's your career, like you work in it a lot. Um, yes. So like, beside the obvious kind of what other like attributes do you think that food, write, like food people have that make them good food writers? Well, boy, I'm, I'm going to have to refer to my book for this. I just got it out because I have a whole chapter. I think chapter two is about, um, you know, what qualities you need to be the gastronomical you. Okay, page 31. <laughs> I have to look it up because I, I made such a long list of what kind of attributes you need to be successful. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to read some of them. Single-minded, people <laughs> who are like, super eager and enthusiastic and appreciative and they they go wild with happiness when they taste something good um people who understand how to research a subject i mean i learned that as a journalist and it's a skill that has never gone out of style um because you can't really write what everybody i guess you can start a food blog and write about what everybody else is writing about you know it's spring. Soon we'll be writing about Easter. So there'll be a story about ham and, uh, you know, the obvious things. But it's actually a lot more interesting to come up with your own subjects that you're enthusiastic about instead of just going with what everybody else is doing. Um, you need to be skeptical. There's a lot of bad information on the Internet, stuff that's just plain wrong. and um, you need to figure out what's real and what isn't. Um, you have to have the focus and the discipline to get your work done because, you know, writers have deadlines. And if you want to be successful, you have to meet your deadlines. Um, you need, you need to be very inquisitive, um, endless curiosity about your subject, um, persistent, and be, you have to become knowledgeable about your subject. Like I remember um, the food editor of the LA Times at, talking at a conference about how he would research a subject to death before he wrote a single word. And he would have, I don't know, like 4,000 words of information for a story that was 1,000 words long because he had drowned himself in finding out every single possible thing about it before he wrote anything. Uh, that's how he got to be the food editor of the LA Times. You know? um, and you have to have patience because no one's, no one's good at something right away. Um, you know, and to think that you should be is ridiculous. Um, because you had to you had to do the same things over and over to become good at what you're good at right now. And so it it's works the same way. 
um, with food writing. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. And um, I mean, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, but basically, like, for me, like, I think a lot of things are a big thing for me that I give advice on is when people come up to me, and obviously, if you think this is not good advice, please, because you're obviously way better at giving this advice than me. But I would say, like, a lot of people come and ask, like, how they get into either food writing or just food media. And I was like, well, you just have to kind of start. Like, I don't know, when I started Wine Cook Thoughts, I just started the Instagram and I started writing and I wrote like a hundred pages in a word document before I even like told anyone I wanted to write. So it's like, for me, it's always like, you just have to like start and like, what, can you speak to that? Maybe just like your first time doing this isn't going to be a paid opportunity. It's not going to be like a, you need to actually do that work, I think. Right. Well, it's hard for me to speak to that because I mean, I went to school to be a journalist and I got a job as an editor right away, and the first thing I ever wrote was published in a daily newspaper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I took a different path from the way that most people are going to do it now. For most people, it's entrepreneurial. Um, and plus, you couldn't just have an Instagram account and see what happened with it. Is that what you're saying, that that's how it worked for you, that you, you started your Instagram account and things happened as a result of that? It's kind of Instagram started, podcast started after a few years, got the confidence to say, you know, got the confidence to talk to Chandra from Plate about writing. She gave me my first opportunity to write freelance. And, and that's how did you how meet Chandra from Plate a Magazine? I actually had her on the podcast interviewer. Oh, so. good job. Yeah. That's a good way <laughs> yeah. to get work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, most people aren't going to have a podcast where they can have an editor come on and then and meet them yeah. that way. Um, so... That's a good question. Um, I think that's the thing for me. It's like, and that's, and you're right. Like most people won't have that. And it was like two years of podcasting before that even happened. And so I think like, if you want to start in food media, in my opinion, like you do have to like start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and before uh, writing for anyone like paid wise, I actually started on um, Medium. Uh, the site medium and I just started my own blog writing there and you know shared it out and it got and that was very helpful for me to kind of get over that like fear of putting out my writing into the world so um that's very yeah yeah that you I mean you do if you're going to be entrepreneurial about it you have to be a self-starter and um and that's you were because you 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 wrote things on medium where and anyone can put up on medium anyone can put up something they wrote right it's a question of getting people to read it and getting people to, sh- to and getting enough people to read it that medium gets excited about it and they share it. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. 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 Basically. I mean, if you, yeah, I mean, I never had anything like go crazy. Like, you know, I've had articles like read by friends and people who follow the, blog, the page, but um, yeah, that's pretty much the basis of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, how many years in are you now? Uh, Right now, about three and a half years yeah. in of okay. doing the media project. So, yeah. So, um, you know, you've paid your, you've, you're paying your dues, right? You've been paying your dues. You've been increasing your knowledge and skills as you've gone along. And so mm-hmm. you've learned how to do a lot of different things. You learned how to, you know, write personal essays on Medium. And, and you've learned how to do a podcast. You've learned how to do social media. You learned how to be a recipe developer. Um, so you've got a lot of different skills than you had th- 
three and a half years ago. And it's, yeah. all, it's all from a self-starter perspective, right? You've just gone with what interests you and dug into it. Basically, yeah. Um, and, you know, like it wasn't and it's hard to to say because like when I first started the podcast, I was working like 70, like my first two years of doing the brand, I was working 70 hours a week in a restaurant. So it's like, wow. And I think that's like, that's a tough thing with people and food. So I think like going back to that, um, and I, what I really enjoyed about your book is, is kind of like what I got the sense of it was like, you do have to start somewhere, but I think starting is like the hardest part for a lot of people. And it's like, just speaking to that, like getting over that hump or that fear of putting your writing out there. Like, how do you kind of, I guess maybe that's a better question is how do you, how do you, how do you get, over, like, how do you get people to get over that hump or like, how do you, know, do you like, what's your advice for that? Cause that seems well, to be the biggest thing. You know, what floors me is that there are some people who are really, really bad writers and they think their work is fantastic. And they have like no ego problem at all with putting it out there, asking people to read it, uh, telling people how great it is. And then there's the rest of us who are like, oh, my God, I can't do it. I will be judged. What if people don't like it? What if it's terrible? Um, yeah. And so it is scary. There's just no way around it. It's for the rest of us. It's kind of terrifying. But um I guess you just have to be having such a good time writing that you want to share what you're writing with the world because you're so enthusiastic about it. And that is what drives you instead of worrying about whether it's going to be perfect, which that word is meaningless um, and totally <laughs> overused, especially by women, about what is perfect and what is not perfect. There's just no such thing. And if you're waiting to be perfect, you're never going to achieve anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I can definitely agree to that because a lot of the stuff I do on the page has been far from perfect <laughs> in writing. So, <laughs> and yeah, so I totally get that. I uh, know, but I think that's good. Like, I think it's like that perfection thing. And I think that it might be why it's hard. I see it because in restaurants, you're that's what is demanded from you. And while in restaurants too, perfect doesn't exist. There's always that expectation that it has to be like the highest quality. And like, you know, you need standards in your life, but Sure. I feel like for like media or something like that, there's a lot of like trial and error. Um, yeah. and I, th I think that's what I really enjoyed about reading your book is like, and that's why I reached out to you is like, there is that air of like self starter, like you kind of like making it happen in today's day and age. Like a lot of the stories you share are people who kind of had a niche or something they were really passionate about and they kind of just went with it. And so yeah. how has that like, that's what drove everything is their yeah. passion. I mean, if you're incredibly passionate about seaweed, um, and you become an expert on seaweed, then you can have a Facebook group devoted to seaweed and you can write about seaweed and you can have an Instagram account about seaweed and you can write seaweed recipes. And, you know, you can just go crazy on that one topic. Yeah, no, I've seen it happen. I mean, people probably know many, uh, many that have been able to do that. Um, what, but that obviously like income writing isn't the best for that. No, but also it's, there's it's a creative pursuit, just like painting or writing poetry or, you know, and you have to figure out how to get paid for it, which you have done. Mm -hmm. And I also find there's a big connection piece to it to where if it's like you kind of I don't know, I found a lot of being able to write or being able to do media has made me more connected and more aware of what's going on in the industry, which has also just helped me to like determine what 
maybe I'm interested in in my personal life or like professional life or mm-hmm. kind of what I want where I want to go eat. Um, but yeah, I think it's like I just think it's super interesting that, like I said, there's so many people in cooking who want to write but don't feel like they're gonna be good at it. So, like you said, there's uh, like, <laughs> were they always good at cooking, or do they not remember? Um, you know, when they made a lot of stuff that tasted terrible and didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think after you know, I, I mean, I've been cooking for so long that most things that I make taste either fine or good. Um, just at home, just cooking for me and my husband. Um, but I, there was a long period when I first started cooking where I had no idea what I was doing. Long period. And um, people tend to forget because you've been doing something for a while and you're good at it and you forget that there's that learning curve and then you don't, you don't want to go through the learning curve. Um, mm-hmm. I remember talking with a recipe developer, a professional recipe developer. I mean, someone who's at the top of her game. She had a lot of big clients and she wanted to start a blog. And she was worried that her work wasn't very good. Okay. And I said, well, how many times do you make a recipe for one of your corporate clients? How many iterations does it go through? She's like, oh, four or five. And I said, well, how many iterations does your writing go through? (laughs) Oh, well, you know, I just wrote this and it's not very good. Like, yeah, well, probably the first iteration of your red velvet brownies was not the the iteration that you presented to your client, was it? No. So she (laughs) she, that was like this light bulb went off in her head, you know, that it was the same as her job that, there had to be many iterations. Yeah. No, I think that's super important. This repetition and like you said, getting better at it, like, like a knife, like a knife cut or cooking on the line, like all that stuff's super important. And so let's say someone gets over that fear, they start doing it. And I think that's like the biggest part once again, like just in, you know, to anyone listening, I think that's the biggest thing, like just starting uh, writing for yourself, writing what, what excites you. Um, but then what if like, what advice would you give to a newer writer? Like, or like what mistakes do you see or kind of, I know you have shared this in the book, but specifically for people wanting to get into it, what are some big things that you're like, no, don't do that <laughs> in terms of writing for, about food? Well, I mean, writing about food is pretty, unless you're writing recipes, writing about the food, food is the same as writing period. And there are things that make writing good and things that don't. And so you know, you sh- there's nothing stopping you from taking a class on writing um, mm-hmm. and learning what those things are. Uh, because really, recipe writing is the only thing that's quite separate from general writing. Um, and I guess if you're going to revise things, you're going to need to know how to revise something to make it better. Yeah. And, um, I guess... Um, I guess what I would say is a lot of people don't think about the reader. They just think about, I want to express myself. And so they don't really have a sense of, well, what is the, what's in it for the reader? Why should they bother reading it? Um, yeah. And can they have a compelling enough introduction that interests the reader to keep going and, and to keep the reader going all the way through the piece? Um, 
Isn't that something that I underestimated? Not to cut you off, but the introduction. Can you speak a little bit to why a, a really good introduction is so important? Well, I mean, everybody's busy. Everybody's skimming, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so you have to get their attention and um, you have to understand how to draw the reader into your story and what, what does the reader want from your story? Mm -hmm. Not just what do you want? Um, yeah. You know, do they want to learn something? Do they want to be entertained? Most of the time, readers want to be entertained. Learning <laughs> something a second. It took me a okay. long time to figure that out. But I, the reason I, I know that is because uh, I was um, writing restaurant reviews for San Francisco Weekly. And my cousin told me that he and his wife wait for my reviews to come out every week. And then they read them to each other and laugh their heads off. And so it wasn't even about going to the restaurant, right? I mean, you think the reason you write a restaurant review is to try and to get people to go there, um, mm -hmm. decide whether to go there. They just wanted to be entertained. And they yeah. thought my was entertaining. Hmm. So um, the, the information in it was secondary. Um, okay. So... Because a lot of the time, if you're just trying to impart information, you start taking yourself too seriously, and then it gets really boring. I've, mm -hmm. I have that problem myself, is how to not get boring when I'm trying to get some something across. Yeah. So um, take some writing classes if if you if you wonder how to get started, you know, you, you have to pay for something, so you're going to show up, and then you'll have homework, and you'll have to do it. And turn it in, so mm -hmm. it kind of forces you into the situation. Okay, awesome. Well, that's really good advice as well. Um, and so kind of just going into, uh, you know, obviously it's like I, I think that was like the biggest thing for me is, you know, hearing like kind of you kind of shared starting and going through and kind of giving that advice. Um, we talk about obviously making money and not, that this would be a like a more so a hobby for people. Uh, what have you seen in terms of people that become that make they're able to make it into something that it does pay well? Because, like, say for example, someone's working in a kitchen and they find food writing is their passion; it's what they want to do with, with their career. How mm -hmm. have you seen people kind of take it a more serious route where they're able to, you know, make somewhat of a living off of it, or that it supports them financially? Well, thanks to the internet, you can actually make a living on the internet sharing recipes. But but not because you're a writer. It's because you're an entrepreneur and you understand okay. business. That's number one. Because otherwise, writing is just kind of romantic um, and something that people do for pleasure. Um, I, there is a whole new generation of people who um, really understand how to set up a website, how to get ads. Um, how to do search engine optimization, how to do social media, how to format their recipes, how to figure out which recipes to put online. Um, I remember uh, I was at a conference and one of my clients was there and she she did uh, she, she did a sandwich comp competition with two other huge bloggers and mm. at, they won. Of course, because it was her. She was a pretty big blogger, and she, and she, her team was two huge bloggers. 
And so they won the competition and she asked them, well, can I put the sandwich on my blog since it won? And they're like, sure, we don't care. We would never put that on our blog. She said, why not? And they said, well, you know, we look at Google Trends to figure out what we're supposed to write about. We don't just write about the sandwich because we made a sandwich. Mm. You know? Wow. So yeah. everything they did was super strategic. Um, yeah. And I, in fact, she just emailed me today talking about how she's spending so much time now doing video because everybody else is doing video and she doesn't <laughs> fall behind. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so that's her latest thing is making a video to go with every single recipe. Yeah, video is a... Uh... The pressure is always there, especially for if you don't like video. <laughs> yeah, and now so. she's someone who probably has half a million unique views a month on her blog, and wow, um, and makes money from ads, and okay, also makes money from sponsored content. Um, and uh, you know, she, her first cookbook's coming out in a couple of months, and so she okay. paid for that. So. She's worked very, very hard to get to this point. Yeah, well, congratulations to her. That's awesome to see. Yeah. Hear. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing all that. I think that was like really important um, to kind of just hear, like you know, recapping the starting uh, kind of the re expect like the reality that you do have to put the work in, and also like kind of how it can be successful. Uh, before we end, I do have a couple questions just for you personally in regards to food writing. And first up would be uh, like, what what are like the food writers you look up to or kind of that come to mind that have inspired you or to, like that are writing now, maybe that inspire you or kind of just make you like, give you that creative energy that makes you want to write. Hmm. Well, that's a really good question. Um, well, I, I love, I love to read the New York times. Um, I love the food writers and the New York times. Um, mm -hmm. And also I think they're doing some of the best work. Uh, and I do love reading personal essays uh, because they're very emotional um, when they're done well. And, um, oh, you want me to name particular people, though, don't you? Oh, man. I usually think <laughs> of a dead one. Well, I, I looked up to Jonathan Gold for a long time, and I finally got to meet him and interview him. And nice. uh, I don't know if everybody knows who, who he is. He was the um, restaurant critic for the Los Angeles Times for years and before that for Los Angeles Weekly. And, you know, when I was coming up, the ultimate job for everyone to have was to be a restaurant critic with an expense account. <laughs> and that's what everyone <laughs> thought you did when you said you were a food writer. Um, and that's what he was. But he didn't just go to fancy restaurants. He went to, you know, the Jamaican tiny restaurant in a neighborhood in a neighborhood full of Jamaicans that no one would normally know about if they weren't Jamaican. And, um, he, he was not, um, afraid to, um, include, include the other, I would say. Mm -hmm. And that was really important to me since my parents were immigrants with a weird background and they were always the other. Um, to just um, to be inclusive of everyone is yeah. his approach um, of all the different kinds of food from all over the country, from all over, I mean, from all over the world, really. 
Um, and he made a big impact on the on the lives of the people that he featured when he was writing about their restaurants. I mean, they went they went from like not knowing if they could pay their mortgage to you know putting all their kids through college as a result of what he wrote. So he's awesome. a hero of mine. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Died too soon. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was definitely that was only a few years ago where he yeah. Did you see the documentary away, so. about him? I have not. No. Oh, you've got to see that. That's incredible. okay. Yeah. Write that down. I'll put that in my notes. I have not seen that yet, though. Yeah. Um, You'll love it. <laughs> I, I will definitely take a look at it. And um, you know, so well, thank you for sharing that. Obviously, uh, it's and I think that like for me, like I have my own people that I look up to too. Um, Who do you? you know, I think every. I mean, the obvious answer from someone coming from a kitchen into writing would be Bourdain. Uh, sure. would be his writing um but especially like there's a lot of people now that i really look up to and maybe it's not all food writing um but Salejo, i really enjoy her writing a lot she's uh i read everything Sha- she writes yeah she's really great uh chandra ram obviously yeah. uh really like enjoy her work uh and editors i've gotten to work with like liz um and elizabeth over at play laura at washington city paper like they've been really great like teachers in terms of writing mm-hmm. um and it just like i don't like i mean i can't there's so many that i enjoy john birdsall uh, i really yes. enjoyed his book sure. so I mean, there, there's so many i think there's so many great writers out there right now so me not saying their name doesn't mean i don't like them but um exactly no all the yeah. people on your list are writers i admire read read everything they write yeah, and it's just really weird, right? Because I write like freelance articles like maybe once a month and it's so cool to see these people so good at what they do to be able to like have that as their career and you as well to kind of have that as their career and I really look up to that. So, and anyone who really is willing to teach and kind of pay it forward in a way and that's kind of my next question is for you like what was it right writing a book as opposed to maybe a journal entry or you know, something like that, or like something that's going to be in a paper or an article? Well, first of all, writing a book is long. It's not like writing an article. It was, I had, I wrote, for the first edition, I wrote 80,000 words in four months, and I interviewed 75 people, including very gracious and wonderful, and he gave me a blurb. Uh, Maybe that was the second edition, and that blurb has been on the cover of my book forever. Even though he's dead now, it's still on the cover. I want to read it to you. A concise, illustrative, and eminently useful guide to the nuts and bolts of professional food writing, Anthony Bourdain. I mean, how can you go wrong with that, right? And that's that was a huge bonus for me of being of of writing this book was getting that kind of attention from a superstar. Uh, so yeah, it's something, you know, especially in journalism, you learn that uh, someone's, the old expression was someone's going to wrap fish in the article that you wrote tomorrow. You know, that in the old days, they wrapped fish and you got, went into the store and they wrapped the fish in newspaper and took it home and cooked it. Um, and that's what someone thought of your work. So you you never got that attached to it. But it's different to hold a book in your hands, and uh, it's very satisfying. The cookbooks that I worked on also were very satisfying. 
No, I definitely agree. And I, I mean, I personally like books. I'm not really an ebook type person. I definitely like having the physical copy there. So, but no, thanks for sharing. And yeah, no, I th- like I said, I think the book, you will write for food. Obviously it's, I mean, I'm learning a ton. I'm doing the exercises. Uh, so I've, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know we're coming up on our time here. Uh, last question for you before we kind of wrap things up is what, uh, like looking at food writing um, and kind of wanting to pay it forward and, you know, writing of the book, like why is it, like you could have written a book about anything and you write a book that essentially is a guide to help people become better at writing. And why was it so important for you to dedicate a book to kind of paying your knowledge forward to whoever might need it? Um, I I think um, women especially are always trying to be helpful. <laughs> it's, we're just brought up. We're brought up to be helpful, I guess. I don't know if that's as true for men. Um, but uh, I've, I've been helpful for a long time because, Right out of journalism school, I became an editor, and so I started working with with writers when I was in my 20s, and I'm in my 60s now, so I've had 40 years of working with writers. So I'm just um, I'm just always excited to help them get over whatever obstacles they're encountering, and to help them see how much better their work can be if they just you know do this and that and um it's very sad it's been always been very satisfying for me and that's why i created a career after i became self-employed um where i could still be helping writers so i'm i teach classes um i have private clients um i have a new edition of we'll write for food every couple of years and um, it's really the main thing that i do and it, it just gives me so much satisfaction awesome that's awesome to hear uh so before we wrap things up if you just kind of wanted to share where people can follow you any links any promotion you'd like to do for your writing or sure. anything at all feel free now's the okay. time uh okay the name of my book is will write for food pursue your passion and bring home the dough writing recipes cookbooks food blogs and more and it's available anywhere uh if you go to a bookstore and they don't have it they can order it for you uh, on Instagram, I am Diane M. Jacob, D-I-A-N-N-E-M Jacob. I have a free newsletter for food writers on Substack um, under my name, Diane Jacob. I have a blog for food writers that's free. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. It's pretty hard to not find me. And if you want to go to my blog, it's dianej.com, D-I-A-N-N-E-J.com. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone goes and visits and, uh, you know, sees what else you're working on. Thank so, you. uh, I end all my interviews the same. Uh, I call my communities, the people that listen to this show, the line cook nation, uh, basically people in the food world, you know, I, line cook is a very, uh, it's where most people start if you're in the back of house. And so this idea of starting, but also like wanting to learn from each other, grow with each other and just being interested in the food industry as a whole. Now that you've been on the show, you're able to talk to this group of people. What does it mean for you to talk to people in the food industry? Well, you know, we're all the same people because we're all obsessed with food. And uh, <laughs> it drives it drives so much of my life, you know. I'm always thinking about the next meal, and I know all of you are, and um, how to make something taste better and 
where to get the best ingredients. Um, if I travel somewhere, um, it's all about where I'm going for the food. <laughs> um, so I think we have a lot in common. So just a question of how you want to express it. You're expressing it by working in a restaurant, but there's lots of different ways to express it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And there you have it, the interview with Diane Jacob. Diane, thank you so much for coming on once again. Everyone else, thank you for listening. Just a reminder, lionclickthoughts.com, new content piece for the blog coming out soon. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited to share it. Really, I'm just excited. It's going to be really fun for me to do this work, and I'm really hoping that you all enjoy it as well. Diane, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please leave a review if you're listening on Apple, and I'll see you all on the next Lion Click Thoughts podcast.